Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happen if you say what you want to say? Hi there, ladies. Oh my goodness. You know, you always hear me say this at the beginning of our show. We have got a hot topic for you today, but I got to tell you, we do have a hot topic. My name is Sugbury, and I am the host of Him For Her uh, Radio, Women's Hot Topics. And today's topic is a hot one, and it's one I picked. Do you guys know that you can send in your ideas to himforher.org, H-I-M, number four, her.org, and we'll find professionals to come on, uh, and experts, not myself, uh, to come on and be our guest as we share on these topics. Well, this is close to my heart, and today's topic is called Convicted for Murder Without Committing the Crime. Yeah, that sounds kind of odd, doesn't it, Suge? Why did you even bring that up? Here's what the topic name is. I'm going to say it again. Convicted for murder without committing the crime. Now, why are we talking about that? You guys know I have been in prison ministry for over 20 years. My heart beats for the people that I meet inside a prison. I want to allow them to have an opportunity to rise up and be the people God created them to be. Everybody deserves a second chance. But you know what? Don't get me wrong. I'm all about, hey, you do the crime, you got to do the time. I mean, I'm all over that. But when there's an injustice, when something is wrong, when something needs to be changed, God has given me a voice on radio across the nation and international in Africa. Hello to our Africa friends. And I just think it's really important that we talk about this. So let me give you a little background as to where we're going with this. Um, there's a woman who I met, um, and I actually met her daughter before I met her, um, her name is Tony Cater, and her daughter is in prison at Shakopee Prison. And um, I had met her there, but then when I was in one of the prayer meetings, Tony came to speak, and she shared about this issue of what's going on, which you're going to find out about. Now, hang on, don't switch the channel. This actually impacts every single person in America. And I want you to listen so you understand why and listen to the end. Uh, if you're a mother, if you're a sister, if you're a wife, um, even if you're a brother or a son, doesn't matter who you are, this is going to impact your life. And I think it needs to be brought to the surface. Let me tell you a little bit about our two guests. Tony Cater is a mom. She's a Christian. She's a realtor. She's a wife and now a criminal justice reform advocate and is the co-founder of the felony, felony murder law reform. Her mission to come on this show is to provide education around the area of the law, as most people have no idea what is going on and what is happening, and to get them to engage with us, with their organization, by signing a petition or the website that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Now, I don't want to jump to that right away, but ladies, I really want you to listen in as this is just going to blow your mind. Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. Um, I've got Professor Mark Osler with us as well. Professor, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. And I let me tell you about Mark. I'm pretty impressed with this guy. I um, mean, he works, um, he actually is a former prosecutor. Um, Professor Mark Osler's work advocates for uh, sentencing and clemency policies rooted in the principles of human dignity. Basically, ladies, he's trying to get the love thing right through the law. And isn't that what we're always talking about as well? Um, he's a chair in law at St. Thomas University, 
as well as he's a chair in preaching at First Covenant Minneapolis. Um, Professor Osser's writing on clemency, sentencing, and narcotics policies have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Atlantic, and the law journals at Harvard, Stanford, and the University of Chicago, Northwestern, Georgetown, Ohio State, UNC, William and Mary, and Rutgers. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. Guys, you got to look him up. He's a professor at the University of St. Thomas, and you can see his bio there as well. But what I really want you to understand and know is that we're not just coming to you with a, a thought. Hey, let's get this done. But instead, we're coming to you with policy that needs to be changed. Um, And so he also wrote this book um, that really was intriguing to me. He wrote a book called Jesus on Death Row. Um, Can you share with us, Professor, where can they find that book? Um, You can find it out there on Amazon and online. Yeah, Uh, I think it's really fascinating. And he said it's critiqued the American death penalty through the lens of Jesus's trial. His second book, Prosecuting Jesus, is a memoir of performing the trial of Jesus in 11 states. And I just think that is such a fascinating topic. But today we're turning our eyes to convicted for murder without committing the crime. Oh, my gosh. How can this be? Um, Tony, I'm so glad you came on. And I know it's going to be hard for you at times. So, ladies, would you pray for her as she's starting to share with us? But would you tell us a little bit about your daughter, about your situation? Are you married? Do you have kids? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Tony Cater and uh, born and raised in a suburb of Minneapolis, um, married. I've been married 26 years this year. We've been together 30. Congratulations. Two kids, uh, currently 25 and 22. Um, my oldest is a boy and uh, my youngest is Megan. And um, yeah, so I'm a realtor. I, I run my own business. And uh, What's the name of the real estate we should talk about? Well, I'm Tony Cater. It's just me. I, I mean, I have a team of admin that help me, but it's, I'm just Tony Cater. I'm at Keller Williams uh, Preferred Realty in Burnsville. Great. Okay. Got to uh, give them a shout out when we can. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing company. I spent 20 years with another brokerage, mm. and then I've been with Keller for five years. I made the switch. Uh, faith-based organization that Good. really just aligned. I didn't know that. Yep, aligned. Wow. With me. Okay. Um, I say that's in the top five things I've chosen in my life from Jesus, my husband, two kids, and Keller. Oh, good thing you got uh, that in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I have a real estate company and, um, yeah, and I have two amazing children and a wonderful husband. And um, we raised our kids in Lakeville, a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, faith-based family, right? Mm-hmm. We did all the all the good stuff. We raised them in the church and um and didn't really drink or we as parents didn't uh use any substances, occasional mm-hmm. glass of wine type thing and raised them up with a small group from our church where we went on vacations and stuff together. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to just keep going with my story here? Well, I, yeah, that would be great. So, um so yeah, Megan uh Megan is amazing mm-hmm. young woman. And this is um, your daughter. This is my daughter, my mm-hmm. youngest, uh, always a caretaker, always kind heart, um, athlete, started gymnastics at three, uh, retired from gymnastics at 16, um, had a heart for, has a heart for special needs people. Mm-hmm. She started volunteering at the age of eight at our church, caring for special needs kids when their so the parents could have a respite to go to church and not have to Good bring her. her. Um, it was everything. Uh, when she got, 
when she, when she stepped aside from gymnastics, she took a job as a PCA caring for two amazing young boys. What's for PCA? One, what is that? Uh, a personal care assistant. Okay. So she um, was, took a job with a family who had two young boys who were both autistic, differently, mm-hmm. um, fell in love with them. And cared for them for years. She's got a big uh, tender heart. Yep, yep. And she just, it's her thing. It's always been her thing. So uh, go, going back, so gymnast, athlete, she graduated high school, 14 college credits when she graduated wow. high school. Um, her junior year, the year she quit gymnastics, we saw a sudden uptick in um, substance use, right? And we thought experimentation, right? Mm-hmm. We had done it, uh, drinking, partying. Uh, she had time for a social life for the first time in her life uh, because so much had been committed to gymnastics mm-hmm. um, that we k- kept that conversation open. Mm. What we didn't know was partway through her junior year, she was raped. Oh, I'm sorry. And oh. I will try not to cry. But um, we saw this sudden shift mm-hmm. in the substance use, right? Mm. And we didn't know what was happening. She never told anyone for years. Um, and... And she, she continued. She worked 20, 30 hours a week. She went to college her entire senior year and graduated and moved to Texas and to kind of get a refresh. And then uh, we brought her back. The substance use was really out of control. We were worried. Um, so she moved back home. And in the uh, winter of 2017, uh, early winter, she became really good friends with a young girl named Brianna. And Brianna's story is almost identical to Megan. It's almost freakishly similar. Mm. Raped at 17. Mm. Uh, substance issues, right? This, the same story. Christian family from our town, right? They went to different high schools. Um, but they became immediate friends and uh, used, used in their substances together. They were all numbing the same monster they were carrying, that same trauma. Um, so fast forward. And uh, they were hanging out with a young couple. Um, he, their age, he was their drug dealer and their friend. And um, uh, Brianna had a prescription, brand new prescription of medication that was an anti-seizure, antidepressant medication she had been on for years. Um, and it went missing. And they knew it had been taken out of her purse or was at the apartment, and she asked for it back. And they denied having it. And they decided they should go back and get it. 19-year-old, 20-year-old minds, right? They didn't mm-hmm. think a lot about it. Mm. Um, this young man, the the young man, and I don't want to dehumanize him. I don't want to dehumanize him to a drug dealer. But mm-hmm. um, I also don't want to bring trauma to his family, bringing up names. But um, – his ex-roommate, he had taken some belongings from him, too. And he was a friend of Megan's as well from high school. So, he, you know, social media, they reached out to each other. And there was four kids that decided to go together. And they were going to go in the apartment under the, we're going to buy some drugs from you. And then we're going to take back what you've stolen from us. Um, long story short, another friend that was going with decided to bring another friend he decided to bring his 33-year-old uncle. And when the girls met up at the apartment building, um, they were sent in with the two guys they didn't know. And in the stairwell, they told him to hold up, and the girls turned around, and they had rubber gloves on. They had pulled up their hoods. and The, 30, the guys did. Yep. The 33-year-old pulled a gun. And he looked at them and said very clearly, if either of you screw this up, 
I have no problem killing both of you. And he's talking to the two girls, yes. your daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, Megan just reshared this with me again to the few days ago. And, um, you know, that moment is etched in her permanently. Mm-hmm. And so they went ahead. They, You know, at that point, there was no option. So they went into the apartment, knocked on the door, went in the apartment. And um, these two men started immediately fighting and beating this young man. The girls ran to grab the, the prescription, was immediately found. It was sitting right there. Um, they grabbed the prescription. They grabbed the other mm-hmm. drugs that were sitting there and said, let's go. And the 33-year-old walked over and she closed the door in front of Megan and locked it and said, you're not going anywhere. So he's threatening her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the girls ended up laying on the floor. They were so afraid as they, they violently beat this young man and eventually shot and killed him. And the girls ran out, right, uh, afraid for their lives. They, Megan threw up all over herself. And they got in that car and they, because they had driven separately and they drove and they hid. And um, I can't oh, imagine the fear. No. Um, and not what was planned, right? This was not, right? The two young men, the other two young men were sitting in the car having no idea what just had transpired, right? In this apartment building. Um, and kind of fast forward over the next two days, everyone was arrested. Megan had been in, even in her drug induced season of her life she knew to tell the truth Mm -hmm. right so she was arrested and and we had no idea what was going on she told the police everything everything that happened she didn't know the names of these men right but she knew what had happened and she shared with them um they all six were this hennepin county they all six were charged with second degree murder a few days later and we hired an attorney and we couldn't understand how was she being charged with murder, right? Burglary, yes, mm-hmm. right? Burglary, yes. Murder? So that began our journey of trying to understand what is felony murder and what do you mean she's responsible for the murder of this young man? She didn't kill anybody. She didn't touch him. She didn't touch anyone. Um, and a few weeks later, all six were indicted for first-degree murder, facing mm. life without parole mm. under the felony murder laws. Um, having a 19-year-old sitting in jail, looking at spending the rest of her life and dying for a crime she didn't commit. She at didn't the wrong place, commit, wrong time. Right. And did she make mistakes? She did. And she would own it all, all day long. She mm-hmm. will own. She can't figure out how she even got to that place, right, now that she is sober and um, healing mm-hmm. and distanced. She can't figure out what. What led to that moment in time to sitting in that space and thinking this was going to turn out? But at 19, you can't, I don't think your brain can foreshadow that, Mm -hmm. right? What could possibly Well, you would have have never anticipated those steps at this, you know, they showed up, they had a gun, you know, you say anything, you know, you're basically going down. Right. And obviously after he killed someone, they knew he meant it. Yeah. He had just murdered someone. He wasn't messing around. Yeah. So, um... That began our big journey into understanding felony murder in Minnesota. Um, the next thing we knew, uh, the plea, first plea deal went to the shooter to testify, and we couldn't understand what was happening. What, is it, what do you mean by plea deal? So the, the prosecutors in the county 
offered him, and this isn't in my understanding, most of the cases I've researched, it's very normal. The prosecutors offer the person, they have the evidence to prove that they they were the person who committed the crime. Uh, they offer a plea deal for them to testify against the others involved in this group crime, um, that there was a felony transpiring, mm. right? Mm. And they get a better deal, right? Because if he had taken that to trial, there were several witnesses, including Megan and Brianna, to be able to testify that he did this, and he would have gotten life without parole. Instead, he got a plea deal for second-degree intentional murder, um, aiding and abetting. and uh, Even though he pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah. And the girls continued because of the duress, because mm-hmm. of the forcing. You know, I, there's Mark can speak to this more than me, but I, my understanding is there is a law, and it, it says that if you're forced to go through with a crime at the risk of death, you're no longer responsible for that crime, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have that option. But the way felony murder works in Minnesota and its expansive nature, you are responsible, even if you're not there. Yeah. And so... Um, even if you're not there. Mm-hmm. Like you could be miles away and somebody else pulls the trigger. There is a young man in Florida, Ryan Holly, very famous felony murder case, that was sleeping in bed. He borrowed a car and he's life without parole. So he borrowed the car to someone else who and committed they a went crime and committed a crime and shot someone during that felony. Yes. Or killed someone yep. during that. And then he is responsible because it was his car. And Correct. he was aware, I'm assuming, of what was going to happen. Uh, I think it was some kind of drug deal yeah. is what that one was. But okay. um, so fast forward, right? We were we had a jury picked. Those girls were going to trial together and um, we had good attorneys and they were facing life without parole. Mm. There was no way around that if they were found guilty. And so um, it was it was so risky, right? It was so risky. They were 19 and 20 years old and uh, no criminal history. Megan, Megan had one criminal history point, which means she had a criminal history. It was a DWI at 18. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. confirming the substance issues she was struggling with, right? It wasn't other crimes. Um, they took a plea deal for aiding and abetting second degree unintentional murder, as did the two young men who sat in the car, never left the car. Mm. Um, and uh, Megan and Brianna were sentenced to 13 and a half years. Uh, so that will put them in prison for about nine and a half years in Minnesota. Mm. Um, the two young men who stayed in the car were given 12 and three quarters years. Uh, the young man um, who was part of the assault received 20 years and the shooter received 30 years. So he'll be out in 20. Hmm. And, um, yeah. So that just breaks my heart that these sweet kids, now really that's all they are. I mean, they're young. I mean, you guys, ladies, remember when you were 18, 19 years old, really? And then, um, you know, you're basically told you're going to die if you ruin this for them. And then they pull out a gun and they kill somebody. Of course you go running. Um, you know, it just, it sounds like a big tornado of, worst case situation that happens. And let me just read to you ladies what the current felony murder law states. It says any death that occurs during a felony is first degree murder. All participants get that all participants doesn't matter if you're there or not. All participants in that felony can be charged with and found guilty of murder. Um, and that's where we're finding ourselves today. If you're just tuning in, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. Today's hot topic is convicted for murder without committing the crime. 
And it, it's important on my heart that we have an opportunity to talk about this because I serve in prison. I've been in prison for over 20 years, sharing the gospel of Christ with the ladies inside of prison. And um, I, you guys are no different than you and I. They're one bad decision away from prison, and we all are. And so I think it's really important that, you know, yes, do your time. But I think what's important is to bring justice to this. Um, is this wrong? that even though you're not there, um, you commit the crime. Um, we're here as well with uh, Professor Mark Oslo. Thank you so much. He's going to be sharing a little bit more on part two with us. Osler, thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I've mispronounced that like 10 times. I apologize, Mark. That's all right. Um, but, you know, as well, I think it's important that we talk about what's right, what's not. And as we get into a few more details on this, can you share with me, um, Mark, somebody's got to do the dependence for somebody dying. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. I mean, when you look at a case like this, it's important to remember the victims always. And I'm sure Megan, among others, does, you know, that there is, there's another family out there mm-hmm. where for they've sure. lost their child. And and that's the thing about criminal law. It's all tragedy. Every bit of it. Um, it is It is a dark place to do your work. And um, you look at this this particular case, it is tragic from the start to the finish for everybody involved. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a vocation, criminal law, or the kind of advocacy that Tony's doing where there's a victory and they have a parade for you. Mm-hmm. It is more the kind of victory that, that Christ always promises where you'll be reviled by people when you do the right thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think Tony is, is trying to do here. Um, you know, in terms of the, the larger picture, when you look at, at Megan's role here, the fact that we don't differentiate when, under the law between her and the person who fires the shots is something that comes from English history that we haven't excised out. And we need— So this is a very old law. It is. I mean, the felony murder idea is something that has, has very long roots, like mm-hmm. a lot of other parts of our criminal law, mm-hmm. that we need to revisit. Yeah, that we need to modernize so that it fits the way things um, happen today. I mean, one of the things in Megan's story that's very clear is that substance abuse and addiction played a role. Yeah, but that has almost no place in modern criminal law, other than convicting those people for things related to their addictions, and that's that's something that is embedded in this system that is very hard to root out. You know, I listen to this and, you know, it gets frustrating because we need to, you know, correct this. Justice needs to be justice and right justice, um, especially with those who pulled the trigger or those that were guilty in the murder and, and premeditated. It sounds like it was actually planned ahead. Was it not? No, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know what was in his head, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know him. I do not believe. I, uh, you know, there's some graphic details to this story. Okay. The young man kept saying, "Just shoot me, just shoot me," mm. right? and so and and he was 19 years old. He was a baby yeah. too. Yeah, oh. right. He was a baby making his way through a tough world. Mm-hmm. You know, selling substances. As a mama, my heart breaks yeah. for his mom, for his family, for his loved ones. But I'm also a mom, mm-hmm. and that young man was selling drugs to yeah. my daughter yeah. that at any point in time could have taken her life, mm-hmm. right? 
Well, let me pause on that just for a moment, because we're going to do a part two, friends. There's way too much content to this to just keep it into one show. So I want you to tune in next week. I want you to listen to the beginning of this again. If that helps you, we'll do a little uh, revision or a little renewal um, on the second show. But I really want you to tune in and listen. Why does this impact you? Why should it even concern you? Well, it does. And I think you might be surprised in that as well. But Christ has also called us to weep with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so I think what's important is that we understand what justice is. We need to weep with those who are mourning. And we also need to understand what is our duty as Christians and how can we come alongside to help. Um, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would pray that today is the day you say yes to him. You know, that's where my heart beats because that's where the power of the Lord Jesus Christ comes into your life. This is Shugbury. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies. This is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Shug Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.